Yeah, the main things that I was working on was, um, like I said, I'd had a lot of anger around Christians being Christian. Mm. Uh, That's me. Oh, gosh. I was like, who... What was happening? I've been tra- wow. I've been uh, tracking the train schedules too, so my apologies. I'm gonna mute my <laughs> I like just I've been tracking the train schedules. Like that's a super normal thing to do. Yeah, of course. <laughs> are, you, are you going somewhere? What are you gonna like, jump on board? Like being a code breaker. Yeah. Okay, well, I know, I know now when to not record. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> but like, I like that you're like, no, I have to track it manually. I can't just like look up a, a manifest. <laughs> You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Yeah, no, you good. Great. Oh, it's rolling. <laughs> Not it. <laughs> I'm not used to. I'm not used to like. Yeah, I don't. Sorry. It's not used to it. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not used to doing the to looking at the. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. <laughs> it's your boys, KJ, Nathan, and Patrick back Woo-woo. in saddle after what feels like a very long time. Fellas, how are you doing? It's, that phrase is becoming very cliche. That that. What phrase? That this feels like a very long time that we haven't done this, or that uh, I feel like we do, do this every like, week. Cliche in our show or cliche in what context? Yeah, yeah. in our show. What? Because we feel like we always say that we, you know, we're we're not used to doing this. But come on, guys, we got 110 episodes. We're we're practically 111 episodes. Yeah, but the way that we record <laughs> makes no sense at all. So but people don't know that. I know, but I know that. Or and nothing if not the most transparent with our I, fans. True, because I mean, we were sitting here talking about it right now at the very beginning of the show. So yeah. But that's uh, okay. Patrick, what does Janchi mean? <laughs> Janchi means to feast and uh, right. Yes, um, that is accurate. <laughs> saying it with authority, like I know what it means. Um, <laughs> means to feast, and you know we do that here on the end of the show. End of the show. Um, but we took it from Gold Janchi, which is your first birthday in no. We did not. Is that not what we take it from. That's what Nathan said. <laughs> I said like that because that's where I he tricked me. So no, he subliminally posted that. In the it's mind. its own <clears throat> word. It is its own word. Yeah. Right. Well, it means to feast. So we do that and we feast. And that is after a great, incredible discussion uh, about and celebration of our heritages, our shared heritage, culture and identities as Korean adoptees and the ways that they intersect with all the other different ways that we can intersect with. That I mean, at, at first we were gonna call our show the Uri Show, if you remember. That was taken, and that, that was, was taken after, though. Yeah, that wasn't. Was taken. it after? Yeah, yeah it was after. After, after yeah. we had nixed it, someone came in and we were yeah. like, "Oh, let's do Uri." Um, yeah, all right, cool. So good for you. Been us. I'm pretty Could've sure it's a pretty successful show. But. So it's totally fine. But that's what John Chi means for all the new listeners. It Welcome. means Uri. <laughs> it means and what does for that all mean? the new listeners welcome Uri means our but uh, in Korean that's the way that you use like declarative ownership pronouns so like you would never say my mother you would say our mother even though you're referring to yourself singular because Korea is communal like that I don't know because Confucius mm, because philosophy there we go even if you were the only oh, child 
Yeah, you'd still older. say like, still say like our, if you were talking about your mother, you'd still you'd say like, oh, our mother. Oh, okay. That's like a royal we, but not we're not with the same type of thing. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, learning something every day. So and that uh, was talk of, to me in Korean with KJ. Uh, no, that's a. I'm pretty sure that's trademarked. That's a real company that we are not a part <laughs> of. We're not affiliated with them at all. I would love to be affiliated with them, but we're not. Um, did y'all have y'all paid attention to the World Cup and to specifically South Korea? A little bit, a little yeah, bit. But, I watched the game that was today. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Spoiler alert! The if round you've of been sixteen. Watching it okay. afterwards. <laughs> I think everyone knows by now. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> but you never know. Some people might TiVo that. They gotta mm. work third shift. Can't, can't believe be you awake said TiVo. The game. Is that still a thing? Sure. <laughs> Anyways, KJ, have you been paying attention and following the World Cup? No, because of like all of the other issues around Qatari human rights and whatnot. So and I just like I don't love national football anyways because America isn't that good. Even though we did progress through the group stage, whoop de do. Once I saw that we were drawn with the Netherlands, I was like, we're not going to win that. Come on. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So, but no, it was cool. It was cool to see my Instagram blow up with South Koreans celebrating South Korea. I, mm, that yeah. was just like really cool. But that was. Nice. I felt like a. I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't really care about this World Cup because normally I'm like I still care about South Korea doing well. But I was like. I don't really, I mean, it's great, I guess. I was very surprised, but I was like, mm, I can't, I can't feel that same sense of like national pride that maybe I have when I was younger, but I don't know whether to chalk it up to this particular World Cup or if it's like a flag that something, something in me has changed. I don't know. So, yeah. Well, this is your first World life. Cup post-apocalypse. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, we also had like Olympics and things. And I'm like, oh, that's South true. Korea. But I think I just like am not. I'm, I'm becoming significantly less patriotic towards anything. I don't mm. know. I've been in a whole journey inwards in a way that's just like, I'm just going to focus on myself. But like, not in a cool way, just in like a, I don't know, everybody go away from me kind of way. So sure. Yeah, I don't know. That's fair. I guess I'm, I'm in a weird headspace, is what I'm saying. Why do you think you're in a weird headspace? Just got a lot going on, or? No, I, I mean, I, I do think it's been a lot of, just as I've deconstructed my identity and my philosophies, my you know, whatever. I'm just like, I think part of that, it's just kind of the natural fallout of all of this deconstruction is like you're untethered, you know, like you're right. literally not connected to anything because you have intentionally gone through and disconnected all those lines so that you can rebuild later. So I think I just, these kinds of like world events hit me at a moment where I'm like, I don't really feel that connected to anything. And at some point I'll, I'll get reconnected and reattached probably, but I'm rebuilding what I want to attach to and I'm rebuilding how I want to be connected to things, you know? So I think that's, I think mostly it's, that's what it is. It's just kind of a natural um, progression of my own journey to rediscovering who I am and who I want to be. Hashtag the fray. You found me. You found me. <laughs> Do you feel like you are? So you're still in that stage or that process of deconstruction, not yet into rebuilding, or do you feel like you do? Like you go through rebuilding as you deconstruct or does it, does it even work that way? Um, I, I think it's like uh, if you 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> if you have a Lego set and you <laughs> throw away the instructions, or mm. maybe you you have a you only have the instructions and you know what you're building, but you <clears throat> didn't actually get any of the parts, and so you have like all of these parts, and you've got like multiple other Lego sets. And you're like, all right, so I'm going to like just break all these down and then try to find the pieces that go together. And you're like, well, this one's like Very almost the right size, but it's not quite the right. But can I get away with it? So you like mm. you put those things together and you're like, no, nah, that's not quite right. And then you deconstruct it again. And you're like, OK, so let's try this new configuration. I feel like that's kind of what it is. Like it is. a, It's a step forward, step back type situation. But also, I think at this point, because life has been busy enough, I have I got to a nice place of like most of the things being like sorted and organized, but still on the ground um, and not reconfigured, but then life got busy. So I've just, I've not been in an active state of reconstruction. I've just been like a chilled out and like, well, things are deconstructed, but I haven't begun to rebuild yet. I haven't had the time to do that. So yeah. Yeah, I like that analogy because Thank you. you're, like you said, you're going into a stage where you might not have all the pieces. So you compromise, you find a way of getting a different piece, a substitute piece, because you know, that's what life is about running into obstacles that you don't expect. And then you find out at the end of your build that you finish the set, and there's so many more sets to build. And you have a new, <laughs> you have a new one to build now. To be clear, uh, Nathan only likes his analogy <laughs> because I chose to use Lego bricks as an example. And he's also pivoted his camera. If I had chosen to show us the Legos in the background, yeah. If I had chosen like Roblox, I'd be like, I don't care. Uh, what? What? So prior to getting to your chilled state, mm. um, where life is busy, your, Before your I was busy put state, on ice. I guess. Before you were put on ice, Captain America. Um, <laughs> I was thinking um, it was white wine, but okay. <laughs> um, what, if you don't mind sharing, what sets do you feel like you were in the process of deconstructing or things that you were really working on at that point prior to being like, I don't have time for this right now? I think the things that I've been working on were I was really angry at Christians being Christian, which is super unfair to Christians. They're like, they're just living their life, you know? And, uh, and like, they don't deserve this, all of this anger that is super unrelated to them, you know, um, just like if someone is super passionate about a thing, like, you know, you should be allowed to have that thing. So I've been working on like chilling myself out with that and, uh, and it's being okay with how I was thinking about religion and, and what my personal theology has become, um. So that was the main thing I was working on. And then also, I think in the midst of that was like, well, let's imagine for a second, uh, dare we imagine for a second that, uh, that there is no God. What is the reason for being a good person? Because my only construct of ethics and morality was around the existence of a divine being, right? Like Christianity philosophically needs sin to like, exist kind of as a world religion and as a as a moral philosophy um and so i was like well okay i don't know if like if i'm really down with this particular concept of sin um but that really destroys everything about how i w was thinking about like what does it mean to be a good person what does it mean to do you know whatever this that and the other and so um so i've, I've been reading hilariously uh for about a year now um a book that my or maybe half a month or half a year, whatever, a book that my sister-in-law gave me on kind of philosophy uh, and it tackles like everyday questions from the lens of different philosophers. Um, it's called What Would Marx Do? And it's really fun and light and whatever. It's kind of like reading The Good Place, but less funny. Um, and so that was like, that's been a, a fun thing for me to think around too, is like, all right, so actually here's some other philosophers 
what do they say about ethics and how should I live my life and that kind of thing. So I guess generally that's where I was and then I stopped. So it was kind of that separation of concerns is like, is there reason to be a good person without the punishment of hell in the afterlife and the promise of salvation in the afterlife? And if so, what does that look like? And also at the same time, can I tell myself to calm down while myself is telling Christians to calm down <laughs> and just be like, just everybody calm down, everybody be chill. So well, in that theory though, if, if um, the only thing that holds people back from being bad is the possibility of a hell or something down the line, what about the millions of people who are not religious or atheist or, or even agnostic? They, they're not bad people. I mean, right. Some of the bad people are people who do have religions and, and, you know, who do follow certain things. And I don't think for me, this, this is something that we've actually been talking a lot about lately. Uh, I don't know if you saw my wife posted something. Uh, my, my six year old first grade son has a project about um, religion. Moral and philosophy. They're, yeah. They're talking about the three main religions that the three most popular religions, I guess. And they're just Which doing are? studies on it. They're not teaching it. So Islam, uh, Judaism, and Christianity. Oh. And so they're going to talk about those three. And I know I would have my so my wife's family they kind of were raised Buddhist, and so I and that's how I think I would want some of my my kids' um, futures to be um, more in tune with because I like their philosophy. I like the way that they talk about. It's not about going to hell. It's just about being enlightened and to being a better person to be a better person. Mm. And there is no fear-based, um, you know, theology behind it, which I feel I feel a lot of religions are. They're all just fear-based. Um, I don't know that a lot of religions are fear-based, but I, I know that there are many frameworks and mental models for considering, like, the morals of humanity. I just, like... Actually, I was talking with our previous guest, uh, Beth Perkins. Um, we were, Sarah and I were talking with her and her husband, and we, um, they're atheist or agnostic, one of the two, not religious. Um, and they were talking about, talking to their daughter about like the afterlife, what happens, how you explain that. And I was just like, yeah, in that conversation, I realized, I was like, you know, without God, I have no framework for being a good person. I have no, like no mental model for like why that should matter, you know, beyond the fact that like, well, Jesus was a good person. So I want to be a good person like Jesus. Right. But then if you're like, well, okay, so let's just like set aside all of Christianity. Right. And then it's like, can, are, are you still a good person? And if so, why? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess I don't have to be, but I still feel like I should be so that, you know what I mean? And I think that it's exploring those things and watching the good place, like the first time and just enjoying it. And then the second time I was like, all right, I, I wanted like comfort food and that was a fun show. But then the third time I was like, all right, so actually what are some of the philosophical ideas that present themselves in the show? And can that help me be a gateway to being a good person without, because it's generally agnostic, right? Like they just talk about like, like they use maybe a Christian idea of like <clears throat> heaven and hell in the good place and bad place. But like, Generally, it's like pretty agnostic in terms of which religion it adheres to. And that's on purpose. And so I was like, all right, so what, like, what can I do? And how can I be a good person without needing a divine being, needing either some like promise of salvation or promise of enlightenment or promise of reincarnation or, you know, whatever that is? Like, 
you know, just to, to figure that out. And so I think that was such a large part of deconstruction, you know, is like, how do I want to re-enter the world? You know, even like the early days that was like, all right, so what is, what is racist in me? And like, how can I become anti-racist? So now it's like, what, you know, what do I, and this is like such a deep, like Christianity has been such a deeply held identity that it's taken a long time to really deconstruct those things. And there's a lot of like, internal kicking and, and screaming at that so i'm like that's why i'm also at the same time trying to be continue to be gracious towards people who are still super devout believers because i'm not that and i'm like did you see but i don't want to be that person either you know right. whatever so yeah. yeah well you can't build bridges by you know being tearing them down <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess people might argue too that is it worth building those bridges for you know, certain people who may not be able to get there. But I think I commend the route you go of offering grace because I think that's a good way to model, you know, how we can move forward in those ways. And in our own personal uh, paths of deconstruction. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. thanks. Well, so <laughs> yeah. I actually talked well, to Zach Lubin a little bit about it as well. And uh, um, he suggested about this very topic that we're talking about on the show. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Okay, okay. And he said, "Well, I was just more along the lines of getting more information for my kids and just for ourselves, Mm. so that we can talk to our kids about it." He's a significantly more of a theologian than I am. Yeah. So, and he suggested a book called "God Is Not One," and it talks about all a lot of different religions and their framework. And I guess the author is um, kind of coming from an agnostic standpoint as well. So it's not super biased in any one direction, but, uh, um, but definitely I'm going to check it out because I feel like I'm lost when, and if somebody would ask me, you know, you know, like my kids right now are trying to learn about these three. If they ask me the differences I, I, or the similarities, I don't think I would be able to tell a whole lot about them mm-hmm. um, other than who they think is the main, you know, God. The guy, <laughs> yeah, the, the guy, <laughs> or um, the it. So that's the only. That's the, the only it. thing I know. And so, yeah, I'm. I'm thinking that it would be a good idea to learn a little bit more about this. And because I was raised Christian, I was. You know, I was Episcopalian. I went to church. I went to camps. I went to Bible studies. Um, yeah, and so, you know, was that the reason? You know, I'm somewhat of a good person. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, like his had probably provided a framework for yeah. what being a good person was. And a lot of what you do is based in that. Mm-hmm. And some of it's a lot of it's probably good. Some of it's probably not good because of what it's tied to or how it came about. I grew up in, I grew up Christian as well. And but like I think for me it was I was exposed to multiple forms of Christianity from when I was like in kindergarten to I was a senior in high school. Just like we went to all different types of churches trying to find the right church. I think that really jaded me to just Christianity and religion from, I don't know, just a general perspective, because once I got to Catholicism or one, I, I was in a Catholic grade school and it was very othering of to me because every Friday we had to go to mass and you would do we would do communion at mass. But if you weren't Catholic, then you couldn't go up and do it. <laughs> you got to so throw out the would, X, but yeah, you still so, have to get in line. You yeah. still have to wait. And then you get to the priest or the nun and you're like, oh, no, I got to throw. Oh, no, we did not get up in line. We just had to sit in the pew by ourselves. Super weird. Like, and it was just like, didn't make me feel good. better. But the harmful part of that was, was that I was like, this is where all my, what all my friends are. So now I have to be that. And it made me feel like 
I don't know. It's just an example to me of that desperation to fit in, that desperation to be accepted. And, uh, but coming out of that and then going to like the Methodist church, uh, going to like apostolic church, um, just running the gamut of whatever, because for whatever reason, we have just tons of different denominations in where the town I grew up in. Um, it was just, I don't know, it was just a lot. And it just made me feel like I don't, you all believe the same thing, but you want to, there's just your version of the same thing. And it just made me, I don't know, just very jaded. And I think that's why I was always considered agnostic. I think I consider myself agnostic just because I do believe in something else. I don't know what that is. And I think I'm ill-equipped to be able to define what that could ever be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there it seems like it, it seems logical that there would be something, um, but it's it's hard or to know. Doesn't it? <laughs> but but I, again, I just say I don't I don't know I I, I just I uh, hold my uh, my history and the way I was raised to my parents and not to the the church for, for so. But I again hold no uh, you know grudges or or any hard feelings to anybody who does. I you know plenty of people who still go to church and who I know. And who go to different types of churches and different types of religions, and and again, uh, you know, to each their own. So, yeah, I think that's the thing too. Is like, I think there's still so much that's really beautiful about Christianity. Uh, and so, like, when I talk to Christians who I don't, I personally don't perceive them as believing rightly. I'm like, be better, and that's like that's the part <laughs> where I'm like, well, I should just be more gracious instead. You know what I mean? And so I think that's why I'm like, because I don't like, I have the privilege of being like, not an expert, but like definitely like semi pro in Christianity, mm -hmm. especially for like the quote unquote average Christian, you know, I, like I say, like I'll out Christian anyone, but it's just like the, some of that is inherently like, man, I wish that it was, uh, I just wish they believed differently. I wish they thought differently, whatever. Like, cause even at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of my philosophy that will, be defined by christianity but it's like it's it's good i think that that jesus and like if you were just to take him as like a philosopher i think he provides a way forward that like is really powerful is really good is a wonderful way of being maybe it doesn't scale uh the way that what we would hope but um yeah like just his like core teachings and his, his way of being i think is good um so i'm like man i wish that this was was different so it's just it's hard to do that and i do want to be able to be clear enough of mind to be able to then disseminate it to my children in a way that is informed and shaping without like choosing or forcing for them, you know? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I think that's just kind of like, I don't know. I think because like Sarah and I like are thinking about kids, especially like having moved into a house and like, and that's always been on our mind too. But like given the past two years, I just been like, I don't know, like, my, my thoughts on raising children have changed a lot. Um, even I think, you know, from, from a young age, I was just like, I'm so excited to have like blood. That is my blood, you know? Um, uh, and like that, that's just always been so important to me. Um, but now it's like, okay, if I'm going to have a kid, then I, I don't just want them to be like related to me. I want them to be good humans and humans who like help move the world forward. So like, what's the best thing that I can do to shape them, you know, to like build essentially the most resilient kid, not like the, 
the smartest kid or the most right kid or whatever, but you know, just like things are always going to change. So are you mm-hmm. prepared to do those things? Are you prepared to be wrong graciously and then take a, a new step for, you know, whatever, like those kinds of things, like those types of questions are more important to me now than like, will they have my eyes, my way with words? Will they look like me at all? You know? Yes. Well, I think you're answering so, those questions by going through that deconstruction process and you're well, prepping I'm, yourself. I'm trying to. Well, yeah, but that's, I mean, when, as you're, I'm, I'm not a parent, Nathan, you might be able to speak to this a little bit more, but as you become a parent, like, you will still only be trying to help your child in whatever way to answer those questions or to at least ask those questions and be thinking and be mindful of, of that path. I don't know, Nathan, what do you think? Is that? Yeah. Is well, that that's accurate? why I was saying I, I need to read this book that Zach sent me so <laughs> yeah. I can be more mindful and intelligent about these topics. And you're like, to Zach, is that, that like on. a TV show? <laughs> there is. There's a YouTube video. <laughs> he oh, sent okay. me that too. Yeah. I was like, is there like a 15 minute there's, YouTube clip? There's also, there's, there's also an audio book. So trust me, I've looked into the options. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, Zach, I got to watch this on the go. <laughs> I know. It's like, I mean, he's a parent too. He gets it. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, um, but I, I do, I want to learn for my kids because, um, you know, I, I, my parents, I hold at a very high level of intelligence. I think they are very bright and they did a really good job of raising me. And so I'm, you know, maybe this is a self-esteem thing. I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm as smart as my parents. So does that mean I won't be able to teach my kids to be as, you know, will it be a level down again or something, you know, so forth, but they've already been proving me wrong. So they, they know so much more than I pretty much new at their age so i'm still hopeful that it doesn't matter um they will soak in and absorb things from outside sources not just me um so i'm happy that that uh, that uh, that is possible but um well, but yeah I no i do go through that oh sorry go on no i was gonna say I, i'm trying to learn for them um but i was actually gonna ask you as as a possibility for the future you know uh future parent and stuff what are you thinking about like religion and your kids and or both of you i guess can answer that question so who are you asking the first both part of you, either of you you can go first patrick we said you were gonna ask i was gonna ask you but i couldn't tell if you were talking to me or if you're talking to kj <laughs> i'm assuming you're talking to me now yeah um <laughs> <laughs> well i'll go first <laughs> uh i don't i mean i'm gonna be honest i have no idea um when it comes to religion, I think that's honestly one of the last things on my mind. I won't speak for Emily. I don't know what she's thinking, but um, I would say, you know, I'm generally non-religious. I don't have really all my qualms with religion at all stem from just my own past. And I think like you're doing, you know, I want to be informed when it comes to how will I pass that along. So I have a lot to learn. I would consider myself religious ignorant. Um, I know surface level of maybe each or many different types, but mm-hmm. not more than that. And I feel like that's not a good way to go about sharing and, and spreading information uh, by just knowing, only knowing parts of the story. So, you know, I have to I have a long way to go in terms of like informing and learning myself. But what I was going to say is like your kids, they're going to watch you go through that learning process. And just by them watching you model what it, what it's like to learn and to either deconstruct or just expand your own knowledge, you know, they're going to pick up on that. And I speak from that from being married to an eighth grade teacher who I've watched these kids do those things over the course of even just one school semester, you know, like kids pick up on that stuff and your kids are obviously much younger than that. So it's like, as they see you do, you know, that's generally, I think probably for the better, but you know, sometimes I guess it could be bad, but as they see you do those types of things, you know, I 
would only assume that, like you said, they're going to absorb and learn, and hopefully, that's what you want. That's the direction well, you want them to go. Most of the learning is coming from Allison, so I, uh, <laughs> I, I let her her be the uh, the captain of the education. So, Nathan, I'm curious. Can you can I circle back to something you said? You said um, you felt like you were not as smart as your parents, um, and I'm curious how that. <laughs> Not I, took like IQ, you, I took an IQ test no. and they took an IQ test and you know we compared very them. literal. No, not like that. I'm curious like how that like does that motivate you? Does that just like dishearten you in terms of like I think generally how you related to your parents as an adoptee? Was that like a was that like a shrug your shoulders and be like, eh, well, it is what it is? Or you're like, oh man, that like just makes you like think more deeply about the reality of your being an adoptee or you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm asking? So you're saying, do, do I relate uh, the, the intelligence at all to. Yeah. I'm asking you like, because like, to me, um, I don't know that like, I never really compared myself to my parents because I'm adopted. But it sounds like to you, it's not, from what I heard from you, you were like, oh, I did compare myself to my parents. And I'm just curious, like how much of that is just like, they're just my family and how much of that is like, particularly through you being an adoptee, do you feel that comparison more poignantly or less poignantly because you have that adoptee lens to view it through? I, I wouldn't be able to answer that. Uh, 100% on <clears throat> that saying that I compared ourselves or my parents and myself because we are physically different, blood different, mm. and all of that. I don't think that's where my comparisons would come from. I think my comparisons just came from that he was my role model. My dad has kind of been the person that I've always looked up to, um, just the my mom and her knowledge in, in art and and. English and a lot of other topics that I've never been very strong in, whereas my dad was kind of strong in the science and math divisions and uh, sports. So I always took little bits from each of my parents. And uh, when I say smart in a general form, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm probably smarter in, in technology than they are. Yeah. I'm probably, you, you know, like, I'm, it's, they got yeah, I'm 1400 the on the SAT and I We're got not, 1375. <laughs> okay. I'm like right there. It's fine. It's good. It, but they are just very intelligent. They beat me at Scrabble all the time. <laughs> no, um, they do know but a lot more words. Words are friends. They, they read a lot. I don't know. Um, so I say that just, I think my parents are very well, um, um, they have a lot, uh, a cornucopia in, of knowledge. Yeah. They have many encyclopedias, many encyclopedias, <laughs> yeah. many leather bound books. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. A room smells of rich mahogany. And so, uh, so yeah, I mean, they, they have uh, a different degree of intelligence than I do. So, um, I just want to make sure that I have enough as well to pass on to my kids and i may mm. pass on things you know that are completely different than what my parents passed on to me which i'm, I'm almost for sure on that one um and, but i want to pass on other things than just you know photography skills or lego building skills <laughs> or, or or playing skills with them. skills, skills. <laughs> Legos, lego building engineering you know those are good those You're are like, skills hey dad give me some of your tots yeah. Well, don't, well, don't no, tell Chris him, but he, he's getting a robot for Christmas, but don't <laughs> tell him. 
He's heard okay. this on the episode now. He, I know yeah, he he's, he's listened to his podcast. Yeah. He's got this a lot of reviews. Um, <laughs> I picked up funny. on that too, though, that you said that, Nathan, and I actually took it, and I don't think that you were saying it in this way either, but I took it as like a wor- like a worthiness thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I only took it that way because I've been thinking about that a lot. I've been writing about it a little bit over the last few weeks of um, and just thinking about the different ways and how I would feel unworthy um, growing up. And how, like, that unworthiness would lead me to, again, part of that rejection of my identity, which would lead me to not feeling like I could speak up for myself whenever, like, an aggression or racial aggression happened. Or I couldn't, um, like, I wasn't going to ever complete something. Like, college, for example, you know, because I didn't graduate from college. I didn't feel like I was worthy to graduate for a number of different reasons. I don't think that I knew that at that point, but I felt like it was just ingrained and in me just being adopted and that just being just like subtly subconsciously reinforced through the interactions that I would have like with my family or out in the community and not that they were like consciously trying to make me feel that way but that's just how I was taking it because it didn't feel like I could live up to whatever it was because I was just so different as a transracial adopted so are are you saying that you just felt othered very often like just in kind of daily life is that right I, and then it was and then it was just like a internalization of that othering because it was right. so often right and because then, other you just equated other with yes less than. to work yes mm-hmm. yeah, yeah exactly yeah. other being other was less than yes yeah so no it's never really motivated me to be smarter or learn more or read more really yeah. <laughs> i mean I would, I would say that uh, is, I'm incredibly lazy. I think everybody everybody can be themselves. He's like C's get degrees, and I got many C's. You take too many chances to say you don't read much. No. <laughs> gotta, I, I mean, the tallest blade of grass gets cut by the lawnmower first. So, <laughs> Wait, wow, what? that's a that's a very Oklahoman take on a, on a Chinese proverb that I've heard. That's, that's funny. That's um, hilarious. But. Do you have any hesitations to Christianity based on your own adoption or the the implications, you know, of of that? I guess of some people blame, you know, uh, Christianity uh, for them being adopted. Oh um, no, n- no, because I I loved being Christian for a mm-hmm. long, long time. Like that's like that's I never thought I would leave. I um I, I mean I don't know that I've like definitively left, but. There are definitely some people in the Christian umbrella who would call me a heretic, and I'm totally okay with that. Because, um, I mean, that's just where I am on my journey, and I'm not, like, but I'm not so, I'm not, I don't hold, at this point, I don't hold anything really that precious because, uh, hilariously, to throw some Bible at you, um, like Ecclesiastes, like, who, that's, like, the author is attributed to Solomon, right? And, like, it opens with, like, everything is meaningless, right? Um, and I think I've just really come to that in a, a philosophical understanding of everything is meaningless. Um, one of the pastors that I used to work with was like, that's a beauty. The beauty of that verse, everything is meaningless is that God then steps in and provides divine meaning. So, and I think that if you were to take divinity out of that, right, it's like, if everything is meaningless, then it is on us. It is our privilege. It's our opportunity. It is our impetus to then provide meaning to moments, you know? And so I think that it's, it's been really, um, like, it's fine that I, uh, I don't mind being called a heretic because I'm just like here, this is where I am right now. And I've not, 
I don't hold Christianity so dear. I don't hold anything so dear that I'm not willing to lose it. But while I have it, I really, really appreciate it because who knows, you know? Um, and so I, I, so that's kind of where I am. And, and because I never thought I would, I mean, yeah, I don't harbor any ill will towards like Christianity from an adoptee perspective in that sense, because I'm like, I mean, it, it, is a thing that I love. It's made me who I am and it's provided me a really solid foundation. If it weren't for Christianity, I don't think that I would question things as much. If it weren't for Christianity, I don't think that I would like ruminate on like higher levels of thought, you know, like out of outside of just physical, like, what am I going to do this weekend? Or like, what are the bill, you know, anything like that. But it actually like helps me enter into higher levels of, of conversation and deeper levels of thought and, um, like self-awareness um it's provided a lot of really wonderful rituals like one of the weird things that i have like right now in my deconstruction is like i don't really know how i feel about praying because i i am good with the idea of a divine being uh i don't know if that divine being is god as i have historically understood him uh I don't know if that's God as like the Abrahamic faiths would understand it. So Islam or Judaism or Christianity or even like God. And I think I lean more towards a Hindu type thing, like a pantheism, like God is in everything, but not necessarily, you know what I mean? So it's like, so I don't, I don't know, like, but when I say the word God, I picture the Christian God, not like, I don't have like that image in my mind, you know? So I'm like, I'm working through, I, that's like what I'm trying to like figure out. But the ritual of praying is still very important to me in the same way that like in the fun animes that I watch, uh, like before a meal in, in Japan, they say like, thank you for the meal, you know, uh, like that there is a ritual around meal times. Mm-hmm. Um, even like I started doing yoga cause I like subscribed to <laughs> Apple fitness plus free trial. And I was like, Oh, actually go. this is, this is really nice. <laughs> like that, the, but there's a ritual within yoga of like, bringing like focusing on breath and like practicing gratitude, whatever, even watching like avatar, the last Airbender. apparently I watch a lot of cartoons. Um, there is still like this focus on breath and movement being connected to in, in their universe. It's the spirit world, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't all that to say, I don't hold Christianity like generally I'm not like, ah, Christianity because of my adoption. Um, but I'm also like not really in that. And I think that's, that's come a long way. However, I will say when I hear of new adoptions with Christians, I just like, like, bleh, because it's just so steeped in saviorism and mm. like, for lack of better words, just like goody two shoe ism. <laughs> and you're like, look yeah. at me, I'm doing this wonderful thing by ad-. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't care about you. I don't want to hear this. This is not the thing. I'm actually deeply concerned about the life form that you're bringing in and whether or not you're prepared to do that for your, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's a big part of this show and, and having done this now, but not like, you know, not specifically around Christianity and adoption. Like you were asking Nathan. Patrick, any thoughts? <laughs> um, I mean, the thing that I was thinking about the most was when you talked about praying as a ritual and like coming back to that, because as being as a generally non-religious person, I do find myself coming back to prayer certain times. And mm-hmm. generally, I would say in like heavily emotional moments where like there's loss on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's kind of a natural reaction for people who probably either grew up religious or Christian specifically. 
And so I don't necessarily think I would consider it a ritual, but it is, I don't know, it just made me think about those times where I would step back into that mode. And I guess, I don't know, should I consider that a good thing that I've taken away from it? Or is it, is that, is the prayer coming out of an act of desperation and I, sh that's not good? I don't I know, mean, I haven't thought about it that way. Yeah. Or I haven't thought about it at all, to be honest. My, my hot takes, uh, I think prayer is a really wonderful thing. It's a... It's a way of focusing a meditation if you were to like just to take mm. take religion totally out, out of it. it. It's a it's a way of sure. of uh, focusing meditation and sometimes like the idea of like I, I think the reason that like diaries are effective is because like you can write mm -hmm. and like your diary is the manifestation of a person without actually needing a person, right? And so it's like you could just write to to no one, right? You could blog or whatever, but like actually having that type of like manifested incarnated idea helps the mind focus and helps you then move through what you need to move through right so even if it is desperation in the case of uh i don't know if someone's feeling super sick or if you're feeling overwhelmed or you know it, uh, i don't know a global pandemic occurs in your life uh you lose all your money for some reason whatever it is right in that desperation s even still like crying out to the universe can focus yourself and it it, it provides relief by focusing your emotions to this point that comes out as as a prayer even if it's not directed at a specific deity or you know whatever mother earth if you will you know however you think about it um i think other rituals are are, are curious um when they are religious but you yourself are not religious um like we're coming up on like a, a christmas you know uh, and living in america there's no escaping christmas but then like there's like but there's a world where like, you know, you just you do Christmas and totally as an atheist do Christmas and even still sometimes like the ritual of going to church is important. The ritual of having a Christmas morning is important. The ritual of like the foods that you eat, the uh, conversations and or arguments that you get into with your family. But like, you know, like the ritual of family gathering, like I think the rituals provide ways for us to move through life and so you know so it's interesting to think about like what is the ritual of um like kind of on a macro level like of the holidays and whatever but then also just on, on a daily personal level like for us it's like praying before meal times praying before bed uh praying as we gather with the family also most of my family is religious anyway so like there's no get away from that but you know what i mean like so yeah i i don't like i'm grateful for the ritual of it and i'm excited about the prospect of adding more and not strictly christian rituals to my life to enhance my life sure well those rituals act like those capstones or touchstone capstones those touchstones of like your own personal journey so from a macro level you can view yourself in that micro sense of how have i changed between those because generally like you said the actions remain the same just everyone is probably just a little bit different or older or whatever the case might be um well i guess you probably always will be older at the next holiday <laughs> i hope or we've uh advanced in in ways of science that i have been unprivy to yeah so <laughs> so with the the uh um project that we have to teach our son or just talk to our son a little bit about um the religions we haven't really told him much about christmas other than that we celebrate christmas we haven't told him 
the background behind it, the um, the real the origin. meaning of Christmas. <clears throat> exactly right. Isn't that, I could get the real out that movie or something. Santa gets to every uh, Christian exactly. household in, in approximately one night. fourteen hours. <laughs> so so we're hanging out on the playground. It's not Those elves are not it's in a not. good place. <laughs> so we're hanging out on the playground, and this little girl starts talking to to Kelvin about uh, Christmas, and she's like, "Oh, are you excited? Uh, it's almost Jesus's birthday." <laughs> and Kelvin goes, Cue music, cool. Happy He's like, cool. Birthday, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> he he just says, cool. He's like, neat. Yeah. Like, 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 is great. Jesus like your you friend? have a friend. Yeah, you have a friend named Jesus whose birthday is coming up. That's how he Jesus took it. Because <laughs> I was standing right there, and I was like, oh man, I got it. We have to like talk to him about this because he's gonna, you know, I mean, he, a he needs to know. So he can make his own decisions. Um, B, he still believes in Santa, so we got to find a way of doing it. So you know, so he knows of Santa, but not the holiday of Christmas. Correct. Or okay. no, he well, knows not, Santa. He doesn't know Jesus. He doesn't know that it. Oh, it, it yeah, that it's stemmed from. That Jesus. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was like, so, wait, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Oh, because my, my my Christian <laughs> triggers just went off when I said that, and I was like, oh, oh no, I gotta calm down. <laughs> It doesn't have Jesus? <laughs> have I got a story for you? I'm on the next plane Cue to Denver. Music. If you yeah, like I'm just going to let him call you. Two tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to call you. He's going to call Uncle KJ, and he's going to tell you the, the origin if of Christmas. A squash can make you smile. <laughs> Only if you sing that song. <laughs> Do you know that song? I've heard it. But oh, mainly man. because it's like running around on TikTok right now. I think, uh, yeah, so. I was gonna say it's like you probably weren't the right age, but yeah, no. VeggieTales was the best. Veggie I thought that was a VeggieTales. Yep. <laughs> New classic. Up Never saw it. And down the produce aisle. I, I did watch Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. I don't know what that is. I don't though. know what that is either. Exactly. That that help like, me out. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I don't. I don't remember what the show is. Ye- Yeehaw. No, <laughs> what? There was a, that like an old show? school, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like TV an old show? sketch show yeah, yeah, yeah. about like hillbillies. Oh, hee haw, hee haw, yeah, thank <laughs> yeah, you. yeah, 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 hee haw, yeah, oh, man. That and the Benny Hill <laughs> I mean, show. Still fits, I feel like. <laughs> okay, aging myself. Uh, let's move on. Uh, how about a snack, guys? Snack All sounds right. great. We can do a snack, <laughs> right? All right. Well, yeah. we will go ahead and cut to the snack, maybe. Veggie tales, veggie tales. <laughs> Welcome back to the John Chi Show food portion. Today, food portion. Booty, food. Today, we're eating some white mushroom chocolate things. Yes. I don't know. The guy looks, uh, uh, the little guy on the front looks uh, happy. I don't know what it's called. It, uh, um, it's by Korean. Orion. Uh, yeah, so the Korean, I Orion. think, is Hayoung Songi, but it might be. No, it has to be Songi. So I don't know what that means, but the little character. Um, oh, I just realized we're not doing video. That's okay. Little character. Uh, it says Dalkumhan Hayan Chija, which translates to sweet white cheese. So I thought this was going to be a chocolatey thing, but it might be a cheese. <sighs> yeah, thing. it does say on the back in English, Choco Boy Cheese. 
Choco Boy. So it's a, oh, it's a that, Choco Boy. So that's that very guy confusing. on the little front is a Choco Boy. I don't know. He looks assuming, French to me. He does look French. <clears throat> he's wearing. Is that like a well, beret? No, he's got the he's got the beret, and, but yeah. he's also got the blue horizontal stripes. Sure. That just feels like maybe I'm just being not racist, yeah. but like nationalist. <laughs> is that right? Prejudice towards French people? Yeah. I don't know. No, sure. France, I'm sorry. Oh, the smell's cheesy. It's it cheesy. smells cheesy. It smells cheesy. Oh, no. Those don't look cheesy, though. But they look like, oh, goodness. It did smell like cheese when I opened that. Wow. It looks like little chocolate mushrooms, though. So, well, they're like white cheddar white, mushrooms. White chocolate. Yeah, white chocolate. White. See, I mean, we, we can't always eat chocolate and, you know, tasty strawberry flavor. Yeah, otherwise I would quit the show. Oh, this, this- is like a pre-dunk Dunkaroo. This yeah. is hundred percent. This is what that is. This is a cheese stick packets. Oh, oh interesting. There's a cheese cup, and then you have the little breadsticks, and you dip the breadstick in. Yeah, uh, definitely the same breadstick. Yeah. What? What did I just put I, in my mouth? I, I feel like there's chocolate in it, but I it has to be chocolate. <laughs> Tastes like a like a Ritz cheese at Ritz. Rich cheese. It's so funny. One of the ingredients is strong cheddar cheese powder. It strong. tastes like white chocolate. Yeah, but it, with a little cheesy aftertaste to it. I feel like I'm getting the cheese up front, chocolate out in the back end. I'm definitely yeah. getting cheese on the nose. What? Cheese on the nose? Like I smell it? It's just all oh. cheese. It's messy. But... I mean, I'm not like not eating them. I'm gonna put this whole glop one in my mouth. Whoa! Yeah, I don't. This is really hard to explain. I know. Uh, this expired on Halloween. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for throwing that one in there. So that was fun. Not my fault, people. It's only been a month. It's fine. Just all over these is years. I'm gonna chase it with some fish and chips. Pro- probably. Probably. We don't know. It's all right. I probably ate a raw egg tonight for dinner, so whoops. How do you <clears throat> think that you may have done that? Well, all right. Unrelated to the food portion, but and we're in the food portion. We're making a dinner, and there is egg. It's like a it's a zucchini lasagna, so instead of pasta, it's zucchini. Mm-hmm. Inside of the cheese layer, I guess, is egg. I didn't know that, so we put it in the oven to bake, but I was like, I got to do a show. I'm just, the cheese looks melted. I'm going to pull it out and eat it. It only been in there for like seven minutes. Mm. So, like, what? No. <laughs> okay. I mean, if it's if a I good, don't, if we don't come out with an episode <clears throat> next week, it's because I've been it, down for the count. Well, if it's a good quality egg, it's fine because you know people eat raw eggs all the time. Oh, all right. So Walmart, let's see what you're giving me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> two hours later. I was gonna say Whole Foods. You're probably okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> <Sandy>. Walmart. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. It was but, a brown egg, so hopefully that helps. Yeah, sure. All That's right, good. I already ate all mine. Oh, oh well, then you can rate wow. it first. Um, I'm gonna rate this a three. Um, I don't really. KJ hit it on the head when he said, "I don't know how to describe this because I don't really know how to rate <laughs> it and give a description for why I'm rating it a three. Um. I want to like it less for some reason. Yeah, I know. What? But, but it's 
but it's like fun. you're mad that it kind of works. Yeah. yeah. But it's also so confusing that you can't. Yeah, because like, when I open, I think what's what's really uh, informing my rating right now is when I first opened the package, the cheese smell was so overwhelming yeah. that it just tainted like everything after that, even my taste perceptors. So, but however, the taste in my mouth is not terrible. And it's not too cheesy, but it is cheesy. And I feel like I don't want cheese on this. So I think that's why I'm wanting to like it less. I don't want the cheese to be there, but it's there. And it also mm. doesn't taste terrible. But I have ate them all, so I don't, I can't try anymore. <laughs> I can't go any further and figure it out. So I can't three, dislike or like them anymore. They're gone. Three, that's it. Interesting. I'm going to give it a two and a half. For the exact same reason that Patrick <laughs> mm-hmm. gave, except replace every time he said cheese with chocolate. Mm. I like the cheese. Okay. But I can't get this chocolate out of my mouth. It's a white chocolate. It's not like a super, yeah. it's not a super sweet white chocolate, but it like, it tastes like cheese. It smells like cheese. It tastes like cheese. It finishes like chocolate. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, I, I can't get that out of my brain. So it's really throwing me for a loop and not in a fun way. I want to like it less or more. I don't know. I'm angry that it's like super <laughs> middle of the road. So well, like it for no reason. <laughs> two and a half. Yeah. Well, if it talks uh, like cheese Choco and it boy. walks like cheese, but it tastes like tastes chocolate. Tastes like chocolate, then you're then, a Greek without a power. <laughs> then you're mad. <laughs> no. Somebody's mad. I'm uh, always angry. I mean, both of what you said, I agree I'm with. Vengeance. That's I'm a wrong girl. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I agree. It doesn't talk like Two that. and a half for me. Oh, it's, I came in with a high rating. Interesting. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to say... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I was too generous. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, all the things you guys said is the same. I wish it was, I don't know, one or the other. Not cheesy not or chocolatey, yeah. one or the other. Like, mm. when I like cheesy things, like Cheetos or cheese puffs or things like that, you know, great. That's perfect. Same thing with chocolate. I love it when it's chocolate coated. But if it's both, like, I don't put cheese and chocolate together. I mean, I can't think of something where I've had cheese and chocolate together. Uh, like Chicago style popcorn is the only thing I can think of. No, that's caramel. Like, but, that's oh, caramel. caramel. Yeah, good call. It's caramel and cheese, and that's wow. Uh, that's good. You guys I like were that. quick on the caramel. JJ wow. was piping, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I like I <laughs> like sweet and Chicago? salty. I never so. said that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> I'll take that off your Wikipedia page. I All apologize. right, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. I saw you update. Do we have Wikipedia pages? You look that up. <laughs> We should make now. one for the John Chu show. We should. Sure. It's that time of year. <laughs> Is it? Um, oh, yeah, the donation time. Yeah, the donation time. We'll yeah. donate cheese, put chocolate, two separate plates for Yeah, me. I think they're two separate places. Other than that, you're right. It's not horrible. I don't hate it. And uh, yeah, so it's like right in the middle for me. Two and a half. So. I think I'm going to leave it at a three because I can taste the chocolate more than the cheese. I just don't like the cheese. Yeah, I like the chocolate I can, boy. For me, I yeah. can smell the chocolate cheese boy, more sure. than I can taste the chocolate. And that's yeah. what I don't like. Man, that cheese smell like, was bad. And then once it intermingles yeah. with your slightly sweaty fingers, and you're like, mm, <laughs> I'm going to wash my hands immediately. Fingers sweaty? Yeah. Just a little bit. For what? Bro, I don't know. Just living life. Get off my back. All what? right. You know what? what? Let's let's cut to the end of the episode. <laughs> Nathan, where can they find you? <laughs> they can find oh, me at Noah on Instagram. <laughs> Apparently, Jeez. I'm not going to talk about my my hands Jeez. <laughs> and the moisture. Continue. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> what? I, okay. I, 
Well, that was all for the food portion. We're closing down the food portion now. If you want to find us and hear us talk about other food portions, you can do that at John Chi Show on all the social media platforms. If you have a question about the food portion at all, you can send us an email to John Chi Show at justlikemedia.com. If you're really mad and you want to have your voice heard about a food portion section, you can mm-hmm. leave us a voicemail. Nathan, what's that number? 972-677-8867. There you go. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us how much you love or hate that food portion. Uh, We (laughs) love to hear it. If you're feeling so generous, we would love if you could leave us a rating or review wherever you can do that on your podcast player. You can even let us know about the food portion that you feel (laughs) needs the most work. Um, I don't think you want to hear portion <laughs> needs as much airtime. <laughs> or if, yeah, I was gonna say, or if you want us to try a food, show, but yikes. tell us tell us a food item to try. You know? All right, if you want to find out food items to try, you can follow me at nnowak <laughs> on all the places that I want to be found. He's the Asian one. <laughs> the other Asian one. He's the other Asian one. Um, no, you can follow me at Patrick in the world. Go try Kosami crackers. Uh, somebody t- reached out to me the other day and said. They wish that they could have a gluten-free cracker because they really want to try the Kosami cracker. And I was like, I hope that they make a gluten-free one. So, Orion, was that who made that? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, Yeah. go ahead. Get on it. Gluten-free. Nathan? Find me at nnowak uh, on Instagram or Nathan Nowak on Facebook. Food to recommended food. Talk. Oh, recommend food. Oh, yeah, if I would recommend sense. one of the Korean foods, oh man, the one that we had last week, the maple <laughs> corn. Oh, that yeah, maple that was corn good. thing. I'm still eating that. My parents liked it too. The I gave it to them. Corn, AKA the buttered toast crust. The buttered, yeah, toast. The crust. Good. buttered, buttered crust. toast. Yes. <laughs> this thing was so good. Amazing. I'm still savoring it. I just ate some right before the show and I was like, God, ah, this nice. is so large. My jaw yeah. is not. It's a hurts your jaw for sure. It's just, I just have a small. And my mouth doesn't hinge open very wide. Um, you can find me at KJ Relke, wherever you want to be found on the internet. I also have a personal request. If you would, as you're listening to the show, just go to our Instagram page or whatever and share it to your platform of choice. That would be fantastic. Uh, this is the best way for our show to grow, uh, for us to get new listeners. It's just for you to be like, hey, I'm listening to this podcast and you should check it out. So... Please do that. Thank you in advance. Um, I'm at Kid Jiroki on all the places I want to be found on the internet. Uh, my food recommendation is spicy shrimp crackers mm, uh, by Nong Shim. Yep, that was episode two. Uh, and they are so, so delicious. And uh, I'm going to get some when, the next time I get to a market. So, yeah. Love I think it. that's it, right? That oh, is good. it. That is Until it. next week in our next food portion. Joshi, hail! Got it. <laughs> I appreciate you hanging in there. Amateur on the board. Amateur on the board. <laughs> <laughs>